Pickles. Pickles. Four thousand years ago, people were pickling cucumbers in India. Pickling's everywhere. Romanian beetroot pickles. Korean kimchi. Or maybe you're enjoying pickled green papaya in the Philippines. Or are you stateside with a classic Vlasic? No matter how you pickle, with brine or vinaigrette, it's a potent stew. Not only can pickling preserve foods that might otherwise go bad for months, people also put herbs, spices, mustard seed, garlic, cinnamon, cloves, antimicrobial, good for you. Why am I in the bath? Because I'm pickling myself. I'm in a nice warm brine, settling in with the universe. And that's what a pickle jar is. Jar of life. Pickle yourself. Pickling is all about context. It's context concentrate. Wikipedia quote. The acidity or salinity of the solution, the temperature of fermentation, and the exclusion of oxygen determine which microorganisms dominate and determine the flavor of the end product. What goes in is the body and spirit of what comes out. Lactobacillus plantarum uberalis. I'd like to close with a poem. A poem that was discovered on a bathroom wall in Brooklyn. <laughs> One of the hubs of modern pickling. It reads, Wiseman looks just like Heisenberg. A post in dust. Pasteur. Poison yourself. Own yourself. Yourself is just obscured by the potion you are swimming in. You can't choose to share. Thoughts are cracked coriander seeds clinging to your hair. Behold the groomed environments, the heart-shaped bed we squander. Let's share a jar and wander far. By bright probiots we ponder. Whoa! Hey, hey, hey! Thanks for that, Josh. Josh and his pickles. <laughs> A lot of bod in the body every man these days, huh? Let's move on. Episode 42. This is it. We made it happen. Deep inside a fiasco vortex. Different settings on the mics. Ooh. Came back home to old three. That's the one. Weird ambient heater HVAC vibe for at least part of this episode. You know, just more audio mayhem. I mean, really. You'd think we could get it together. Yo, you'd be wrong. You'd be way wrong. 
I don't know. I try. I go over, I insert myself in the life of the buddy every man, and the life of the buddy every man does not let me in. I gotta get past Willie the Roto-Rooter guy. He's over there. He doesn't care about the podcast. He's just drumming up side business, snaking out Josh's pipes. Hey, you know what? It's life. It's podcast. It's a forward march into 2016. Bring on the bod. What? What? Or Natchcast 42. In the bedroom. In the bedroom. Can you feel the energy in here? It's like an orgone box. Excuse me? I'll let you look that up. You can. Holiday season. Yep. Excited. Yeah, I like the holidays. You like the way I'm holding this mic? Not really, because you're all over it. Let's see, that is not professional podcasting. That is just. No, you're going to be a mess. This is going to be one of those ones where I have to go through and like tinker with the levels everywhere because you're going to be look at your goddamn all levels. over the place. Mine aren't even close. Yes, they are. They are the same. Look. How long we got? About Fifty minutes. Less than that. About forty. To bring the news to the people. Forty minutes to bring the news. Do they want the news, or should we just? We should just. Should we just? Nah, we gave them. We gave them no news last week. Oh. It's a big riff on Boulder Quest. <laughs> right. And uh, you know, it was all right. You keep saying that. I'm just th- th- it doesn't feel as complete to me as an episode of news maybe. Mm. We do spend a lot of time nitpicking the brush journey, which is always fun. Hashtag brush journey. I don't think you spend enough time talking about you uh reaching out for a piece of Justin Gold's nipple. <sighs> Stop it, that didn't happen. It almost happened. I said reaching out. I didn't say pinching. Justin's has quite a uh, social media campaign going. It, they've sponsoring all these tweets in my stream. Yeah. And it's it's like sincerely Justin. Mm-hmm. Little videos of people making snacks and riding bikes. Hmm. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Lifestyle stuff. Maybe some shots of people like, you know, marathon runners a lot of times. They'll grease their nipples. Chafing. Yeah, to prevent chafing. That seems like maybe a lifestyle activity you'd be interested in seeing more of. Is that an exaggeration? I'm looking at you thinking you're, you just bring on the chafe. You're like, I'd prefer the chafing. Ugh, no. My dad, used, he was a runner when I was growing up, and he would always uh, go on these super long runs, like these rides that we'd have to like, go wait for him in the football field of a high school somewhere, like in some mountain town, and then he'd show up just, and just have blood just. streaking down his chest. Ooh. And the whole area, like the whole field, even though it was outdoors, it felt like you were in a humidor. It just smelled like beer and sweat. What? And then that kind of copper penny blood flavor hanging in the air from all the savaged nipple carnage. I don't... What do you think of that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anybody likes nipple carnage. I don't. I have sensitive nipples. I don't even like my nipples touched. stop it. I'm just telling you, if you went for my nipple the way you went for Justin's nipple... Nobody asked you about your nipples. See, look at you. You can't control yourself. I, I went back from the mic. Nah. It's, it peaked out. Damn it. What do you want me to do? Learn how to use a microphone. I am using a microphone <laughs> the same way you are. You're clutching it in some <laughs> weird way. I am holding it. I'm going to get it right. Okay, I'm going to be very calm. Hey, here's a, here's, I, I got a tip for you. Mm. Breathe easy. And you know why I say breathe easy, Mark? Story one. 
because China, the Chinese, are buying up bottles of fresh air from Canada. This is uh, Jennifer Pack, telegraph.co.uk. That's the telegraph. I'm reading the website, so I'm helping people out. They might just want to go straight to the source. They don't quote want, it. They don't want to know is like the the in the URL or is it not? Give them the quote. Too late. A Canadian startup company bottling fresh air from the Rocky Mountains has seen sales to China soar because of rising pollution levels. Mm. Our first shipment of 500 bottles of fresh air were sold in four days, says Moses Lamb, Vitality Air's co-founder. 7.7 liter can of crisp air taken from the from Banff National Park in the majestic Rocky Mountains range sells for roughly 100 yuan, which is 10 euros. That's a pound, 10 pounds. 10 pounds, which is 50 times more expensive than a bottle of mineral water in China. <laughs> bottle of what? <laughs> mineral water. Okay. What do you call it? I mean, you went mineral water. I said mineral water. It was weird. Mineral water. So, um... Do you read it? Yeah. I read some of these. There were too many. There's not that The many. holiday season is weighing down on me. You can buy bottled air in China. And you know what? What's 10 pounds? That used to be... I don't know what the pound to dollar is these days, but that's at least 10 bucks. It's probably 10 bucks, bottled probably. air. Probably. Yeah. Have you, you remember Spaceballs? President Scrooge, where he, they have the can of air. Like, he's always, like, breathing the cans of air. The future is now. That's funny. How do how do you uh, how do you intake this air? It's I think it's a yeah it's like a same thing. It's a can of air. Just like suck it up, kind of like kind of like helium. That was a good idea. <laughs> uh, I, I, like is it is there a medical basis to this? Is it like the air is so dirty you need to be breathing out of a can, or is it just like a luxury item? Have you have you not seen the pictures of? People of the smog? Oh, I've seen the pictures. I'm just wondering if this is China? actually an antidote to that or if it makes no, any difference. It's cleaner air. It's stuck in a tiny little can. <laughs> I wonder how, how long does a can last? I think the air's the air. What do you what? mean last? I mean, how many breaths of fresh air oh, do you get yeah. out of one of these yeah. cans? Uh, good question. Are you really negating that? Oh, it, it's horrifying no, it's how filthy it is over there. Just a tiny little hit. It's a little respite. A little respite, huh? In the, in the nipple carnage. That's what it comes to. That's what it's come to. And then are you, you got to buy your air. You being cute here? You're putting foreign language articles in here? Well, no. I have, a, I have a several points to make by this. One, they make every bottle by hand. To just envision that. I'm just imagining a guy with a bottle, like, scooping the air <laughs> and then closing it real quick. Yeah. It seems like it should be pressurized in some way. I think it is pressurized. In order to, like, give you a blast of fresh it air. It just occurs to me that, you know... Talk about outrunning your demons. Bottled water seemed bad enough. Now we're going to bottle air and think that's sustainable? Fucking air bottles all over the strewn about as debris and litter? A big plastic island. Oh, boy. Adding to the plastic island floating in the ocean. What's that thing the size of Texas now? They said most of the consumers for these were uh, affluent moms. Imagine being a mom in China. There's your kid. Two-year-old kid. Just breathing in crap. What do you do? Just hacking in a... Yeah. Like you can Asthma see the air going Yo, you got that. Yuck. You're you're well beyond that. Here, have a can of air, honey. <laughs> Is it a bad? It's really bad today. I bought a case. Yeah. I've got one can left. You need to take a can of air with you to school. I don't. How do we not see this? What are we doing? Oh, we're in a in a bedroom. Can you shut that door? See if that. You want to shut the door in the bedroom? 
This is a little cozier. I like why, it. Why did you just ask me to do that? Oh, I was thinking it might uh, tamp down the sound of the uh, what is that sound? HVAC. It's the, it's the air. It's warming us up. It's ambiance. Air smacker NRK's reporter Pashmog Marengs. Here's a tweet. Genomic gastronomy. At sent GG. Actual conversation. Quote, my throat hurts. Quote, yes, you just ate smog. Quote, oh, I thought you were abstract artists. Quote, no, we are realists. Quote, cool. So it's someone making smog meringue? They made, they, they took uh, 1950s Los Angeles photochemical smog, baked it into a meringue under Wait, black what lights. what is that? What is 1950s? It's a spe- specific type of smog. That's what, been aging in a smog cellar since it's, the 1950s? It's indicative of what you would breathe in in a modern American industrialized city. What's the 1950s aspect of it? That makes it sounds like it's, it's vintage, vintage smog. Artisanal. It's a great video, though, where they watch the people eating what? the meringues. Did you see the faces? No, I didn't watch that video. Oh, it doesn't go down well. Yeah, I don't want to eat the smog. Eat smog, huh? They're cute little meringues. They put them in the meringues, and these people like, oh, and they just, the face just, like, oh. Yeah, it's not Oh, good. so it's a surprise. They don't know what they're eating. No, they know what they're eating, but they think they can handle it. Oh, they think they can handle the smog? Norwegian. Yeah, the Nor- the Nords, how can they handle that? They have super clean air up there. They're... If you fed that to a Los Angelino, they'd probably just be like, hmm, tastes needs like more salt. What's going on? Tastes like Friday, 5 p.m. Yeah. Tastes like morning. Yeah. Reminds me of driving to work. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say about the meringue? Unbelievable. Where is your head today? What do you mean, where is my head? What? You're you wanted even, me to say It's something? like you're not even here. I had a pretty good riff about the vintage. Vintage air. Artisanal vintage, air. Vintage artisanal smog. All right. You recognize what I've brought already, okay? Where is my head? Who's putting articles in here that are in a foreign language? It was a video. Well, then put... <laughs> it required you know, clicking on the link. I, I clicked on the link. All I saw was this big, crazy article. I was like, oh, Mark's just fucking with me. It was one, I think it was a minute and 20 seconds. Here's what you do, though. Since we open up our Google Docs to our listening audience, when we release each episode, why don't you put in parentheses, video? Could have done that for me. To be like, oh, he wants me to watch a video. He's not playing a prank. Hey, done. Doing it right now. I'm in the dock. I can see things moving around. Oh my God, technology's amazing. Video, you happy? You're on your computer Are you doing happy? That, and it's on my phone. I see it pop right in. I am just floored here. Different way to experience the impacts of pollution and climate change. You can bake smog and do a tiny little dessert and watch people try to eat it. Yeah, so it's like an... Uh, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you... Uh, Give me a quick summary of the climate deal that was just signed in Paris and tell me why it matters and what I should worry about or get excited about or watch for. You want a quick synapse, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was a major climate deal. I think what surprised most people was that something actually got accomplished. Oh, yeah, yeah. At previous climate summits, efforts have been hamstrung. I think... Uh, the people behind this summit in Paris were a little more... They, You know what? They put some design into it. They designed an atmosphere that would inspire these world leaders to affect change. And I think there's also the urgency of like that you know, pea soup smog in China. It. There's all sorts of bad stuff happening. Imminent death is the real... But the, the exciting news is that the world... Not even death. Just agrees like to a major climate deal. Life 
A 31-page deal. In extremis. Life. Here's the important takeaway here. Not worth living. What are you fucking going on about? I don't know. (laughs) We're thrown by this setup, the bedroom, the weird mic placement. I'm with you. Bring it. The world just agreed to a major climate deal in Paris. Now comes the hard part. Brad Brad Plumer, Vox. Good old Vox. Uh, I think this is actually a staff article. He's just been updating it. After two weeks, who gives a shit? After two weeks of bleary all-nighters in Paris, diplomats from around the world have hammered out a major global agreement to address climate change. Paris Climate Agreement hasn't saved the planet and hasn't solved global warming. Not by itself. (sighs) Instead, the deal is supposed to add structure and momentum to efforts that are currently underway around the world to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Mm. So we're moving towards that as an inevitability, but this uh, puts a little urgency and ink behind it, all right? Yeah. You excited about that? An, An incremental improvement? Sure. No, I'm not. Oh, just the skeptic, huh? Just the it's grizzled more bullshit. cynic. bullshit. Real problem, gloss over it. We can't all get together. Um, here we go. Uh, we have There's to address... Some commitments. We have to address the, quote, emissions peak, quote, as soon as possible. See my quote? Great. Ooh, in quotes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, guys. $100 billion a year from the rich countries to the poor. I uh, got that. Here you go. <laughs> Did you see the... There was a, I think it was a tweet or something. I don't know. Somebody interviewed the father of climate change, some guy, and he just railed on this thing. Didn't like it? He didn't like it at all. It was fun. Here, I'm, I'll look that up. You read, you talk about carbon farming. Well, I'm gonna, I, I think this is just po- probably the best we can hope for right now. It's better than nothing, but it's yeah, sure it's ain't it's good It's better enough. than nothing. I'm sure it doesn't please the father of the climate change movement. God. But that guy's probably pretty hard to please in this regard. Well, because he knows the real deal from BS. Well, sure, but at least a little something's getting done here, which is better than the nothing. You're so optimistic. It's it's holiday season, looking for the silver lining? No, I just, you know what? You think you're going to survive? You're not going to survive. No one survives. We all die. But I have kids, so I'm going to just... Think it's going to be a decent world for them? (laughs) Not with that attitude, I don't. I'm going to stay optimistic for them. Can I be there? Because I believe, you know what? Uh, Where did I see this? It was a little, it was a quote about Darwin attributed to Darwin. I think it was on niche. Something about the, the, it's not the strongest or most intelligent species that survive. It's the species that can adapt the most quickly to change. True that. And there's, there's no species better than that than these six sack of shit human monkeys sitting in this bedroom. You and I, regal <laughs> representatives of the race here. Human monkeys. Of the species. I'm saying we, we're pretty good at change. And now Oof. we have a lot of scientific yeah, clout and well. invention and chaos and this big stew that'll hopefully lead us to a place where we're not totally fucked. Just be obese, diabetic, and ready to change. Who's obese and diabetic? Uh, most of America. Ah. Most of America. Paris Climate Talks called a fraud by the father of climate science as nations... Oh, look at this. Vox linking to Gawker. Good for them. Here's a quote. What's this guy's name? This guy's name is mm, 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 James Hansen, formerly NASA's chief climatologist. Quote, it's a fraud, really, a fake, he says, rubbing his head. It's just bullshit for them to say, we'll have a two degrees Celsius warming target and then try to do a little better every five years. It's just worthless words. There is no action, just promises. As long as fossil fuels appear to be the cheapest fuels out there, they will continue. 
they will be continued to be burned. Well, that's so the thing. It's an economic right, thing. If I read this right, in the U.S., we're about 85 to 90% fossil fuel-based. Yeah, I think And in order for this right. to even, like, begin to address climate change, you have to get that number down to less than 15 or 10. We're hurtling towards like, that right now. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. We all got together and had a little uh, moment, kumbaya moment uh, The problem is oil is still cheap. It's cheaper than ever. Getting a little cheaper, but... There, you know, there's only so much of it. But the problem is we probably won't run out of oil fast enough to save us. So we got to make these other alternative energy uh, sources more uh, commercially viable. They got to be money makers, man. No. Plus, we'd likely need to develop technology to suck massive amounts of CO2 out of the air by the latter half of the century. No one knows if that's even feasible. Oh, it'll happen. Fox. Why? It's just gonna happen, man. We're gonna bring it. We're gonna figure that shit out. Fucking geniuses. Not us. (laughs) Clearly not us. A small sliver of humanity. Us that actually did their homework. Oh boy. If it was up to us, uh, we'd have problems. Eh. Meh. Put your mind to it. Wait, I don't see anything in here about carbon farming. It's right here. I'm looking at the document. Man. The level of preparation. What you? This thing's just. These things are getting out of hand. <laughs> these documents. It's starting to feel too much like homework. <sighs> Wait, where is the carbon farming link? Last bullet. This is good podcasting. Last bullet. Talking point. It says carbon farming. Bring it. Yeah. There's no article about carbon farming here. Who said there was an article? You hinted that there would. You were like, carbon farming. That's the answer. Oh, well, tell us more about carbon farming. If you could sum it up for us, Mark. I think we talked about that last week. Possibly. It's all starting to blur together. No, last week. Well, yeah. Okay, last episode we didn't, but last week perhaps. (laughs) You're looking for something, aren't you? Um, Yeah, the notion that biodynamic, I mean regenerative farming, rebrands itself to be a carbon sequestration trick, Mm -hmm. and you actually suck it out of the air. But Monsanto saying killing the soil kicks up too much heat, right? There's the Monsanto counter argument, isn't there? That tilling the soil like releases too much of that shit. There's all kinds of counter arguments. It's a fucking mess. We now can't even figure me. out what to do with dirt. Now you're with me. Can't figure out what to do with dirt. How are we going to fix all these problems? We're doomed, Mark. You were right. Half-calf McRib with a shot of PSL. McDonald's is launching standalone coffee shops. Clint Rainey, Grub Street. Mickey is, D's. Look at this guy. What is this PSL? Guy. Oh, my. Pumpkin spice latte. Oh, God. You're, I guess you're part of the problem. It should be a shot of PS. Of pumpkin spice? If you're going to have a half-calf McRib... With a shot of something. I think you're reaching on this head, <laughs> headline here. I'll put the old There's always in. two headlines. There's the the actual headline that the article had, then there's Mark's overwrought, hilarious headline. <laughs> Mickey D's has just opened a McCafe in Canada that's nothing but a McCafe. Further blurring the line between what separates a McDonald's from a Starbucks. Ooh. I, I wouldn't say that that line's really <laughs> all that blurry. <laughs> who, sa- who, who says two years tops? Before the Golden Arches introduces the world to McPourovers. See, that's I thought that was you, but that's the article. No, that's the article. Yeah. I'll, I'll make that the headline. McPourovers. Yeah. Half-calf half McPourover? 
No, just be yeah. pour over. I, I feel like I, I have to like lower my standards quite a bit just to go to Starbucks. Uh, yeah. This re- this represents too big of a of a stoop. You won't you won't go to McDonald's for coffee. No. I'm going the other way. I'm I'm tired of fancy beers too. I'm I'm thinking about going to like just Bud. Really? Yep. <laughs> this is this is the manifestation of your time in Georgia. Soylent, a bush. Bush. You're gonna start drinking Bush beer. Yep. Soylent. What a weird combo. Bush beer, Soylent, and McDonald's coffee. Yes. Those are all the beverages I need. See, this is fallout. This is the fallout of Mark getting completely just disillusioned and destroyed and chewed up and spit out by the natural food industry. Oh. <laughs> right. He's like, fuck it all. Yep. It Soylent, was bullshit. GMO Soylent. Cheap Wizard Bush beer. So you're, you'd really, you'd, you'd line up for McDonald's coffee if Don't it was. they say Dunkin' Donuts coffee is like the best on the planet? Lots of people say that. Yeah. But I think usually those, that's like. They can do that at McDonald's. I'm sure they can match. Well, that. no, but I don't think like black Dunkin's Donut coffee is considered. I think it's because they like the cream and sugar ratio. Well, I that's think. not what I've heard. People buy those beans. Yeah, that's true. I've had it. It's not. No, it's fine. T. Rad Wells would know where they get those beans. Yeah, probably wouldn't like it. No, but I mean, it's <laughs> why it's good is probably it's consistent. Would be my guess. It's that old crucible Maybe it's of consistency. Less, acidic, less acid. Maybe I don't remember. It's been a while since I drank it. More like you, more like Chuck. I, when I lived in Chicago, I would drink it. Like your grandma's brew, and I would drink coffee from from McDonald's too. There you go. I was a valet, and I I would work in the dead of winter. Well, I would scamper over to the big rock and roll McDonald's in downtown Chicago, get myself uh, some fries and a coffee, and then I'd bring it back and shiver next to my key box on a Monday night, <laughs> waiting for the two cars that would usually valet. Dark days. Yeah, Dark days. But McDonald's actually helped me get through it a little bit. People work. Uh, James Franco worked at McDonald's. He believes in it. Does he believe in it or did he just work there? He believes in it. What do you mean he believes in it? It's a stepping, to- stepping stone to something better in life. He said that? It's a stepping stone to vanity projects and directing William. Oh. Movies based on William Faulkner. You're so jealous of Franco. Novels. You are such a Francophile. Oh, that is a good poll. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. <laughs> That's are... weird because that same thought literally crossed my mind la- like last week when I was thinking about James Franco. I was like, why don't people ever say use Francophile for like big like James Franco fans? But you know, he's he's directing and starring in a version of uh, Sound and the Fury Ooh. as the mentally disabled younger brother. There is oh boy. quite a uh, heavy-handed trailer floating did, around the internet. And he also he, did As I Lay Dying. I saw it at the library last night. He like, directed it and stars in it. And he's like obsessed with as a film? literature. These are films. Didn't he do a Cormac McCarthy uh, Blood Meridian? Wasn't mm. that him? Sounds like it. Sounds no, like his another, wheelhouse. Uh, yeah, another like impossible book to put in uh, movie treatment. M- yeah. movie All treatment. I can remember from The Sound and the Fury is... I didn't. I barely made it out of the first chapter, and then I was like exhausted because the first chapter is the one from the perspective of the you need Franco, the mentally uh, disabled sibling, you and it's just like Franco'd. stream of consciousness. It's like Joycey and give it to Franco, but Franco he'll make it happen. He fucking decoded it, did he? <laughs> he turned that that labyrinthine probably like fifty cha- fifty page chapter 
It's like four four pages of screen is he gonna, time. Is he going to channel Riff Raff for this one? <laughs> I don't know. Spring Break. Spring Breakers is what you're flick? looking for, yeah. No, I know. I know what it is. I couldn't. I couldn't. I tried watching that. I couldn't even get to the part where he was in the movie because those, oh, those I girls were really annoying. Neon bikinis, right? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell if it was like the, the and movie your, and the acting in the movie that was annoying it. to me or just like that that like faction of youth culture right now. It's you got a like, problem with the youth, the female youth. You didn't like the Victoria's Secret parade. That is a small subsect of female youth, all right? I think you you've got the problem. You're pigeonholing. You think female youth is just all about TNA, huh, Mark? No, I'm just saying there's one You facet, with two daughters. That's how you you're. Just, that's how you see the landscape, huh? This is, this is worrying to me. I let people be people, man. Oh, so you just love the Victoria's Secret fashion show, huh? If that's what they want to do. They want those wings. Give them those wings. All right. What about all the... Let them fly. What, what about all the like six-year-olds putting those wings together in crumbling sweatshops in Bangladesh? <laughs> oh, that's your problem with it. <laughs> oh, oh, the, the, bar, the barbaric part. That's your problem. Oh, okay. You and your shark fins. Yeah. All right. Setting one sucks. Those videos are full of shit. I'm hearing oh. all sorts of buzz and hum. Well, do you want to go to three? Mid-podcast? Oh, so much better. Brace yourself. Now it's on. Oh, my God. That is Such an improvement. Yeah. All right. We just have to throw out the first half of the podcast now. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we do just seem to be bickering. <laughs> I don't really know. Let's, we could redo. We could just do a short one here. We could just... Uh, Am I wrong, though? Did one sound all, like, uh, muddy three. and gross? Yeah, three's better. See? That's why I don't watch those videos all the time. Oh, that's a lot of it's just horse shit. I like the Franco riff. We had a good Franco thing going. Yeah. I think I say we leave it in. Oh, okay. We're, we're all about transparency. Well, then let's get chop-chop, because I think if we keep it under an hour, people like that. Well, we have to, because we only have about another 20 minutes. <gasps> so Mark would go to get coffee at McDonald's. Josh would not. Sleazy beats butter. Pizza Hut chief now says easy beats better. New York Times. Greg Creed, the chief executive of Yum Brands. Yummers. Yum. Told investors that he thought the conglomerate struggling Pizza Hut unit should worry less about making better food and worry more about making its food easier to buy. Mr. Creed said that insight, easy beats better, will also help Yum energize its other fast food chains, KFC and Taco Bell. That means shaving time off drive through weights and moving into areas like delivery and mobile ordering. These motherfuckers are crazy. Once a yummer, always a yummer. These, these fucking assholes are crazy. They, they are just crazy. don't give a fuck. I think you're right. They're like, nope, <laughs> easy. Easy. This is like the opposite of everything we prescribed for like right. local, local, what do you call that shit? Every time I say I local, know. you call it something else. I'm local, lo- local, <laughs> lo- lo- local, 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 local. I'm thinking now, what could you add to the Kentucko Hut? We need a fourth. What's like another really low brow fast food chain? What? What? Like the, some free, some fast food free agent that needs yeah, to be, needs to be picked on? up and glommed on. I don't think those Chuck exist. Chuck E. Cheese do churches. No. Well, they got the chicken churches, but they, they got, got the, uh, they, they got need the pizza. Sorry. They need a burger. They don't have a burger. Kentaco Huts. Oh, Kentaco A and W Hut. A and W? What uh what's wrong with A and W? Kentaco Sonic Hut. Sonic. Carl's. But Sonic has its own shtick. Yeah, who doesn't have a shtick? What's like a lowbrow bur- uh crystal? Hamburger stand. 
hamburger stand. Hamburger stand? Like a just a hamburger? Is that a place? Yeah. Oh. There used to be one uh, right over in Glendale. It's oh. gone now. Yeah, that's not right, a Right big, across from Shotgun Willie's. Not a big franchise. And Fascinations. Well, I'm saying you need some rogue franchise, right? Those are your haunts. They need to scoop up a burger place. Yeah. I've been to Shotgun Willie's. My <laughs> wife and I went there. It was... It was kind of an amazing experience. Oh no! There was this one lady who oh, was like, "No, doing." She was like doing the pole Olympic shit, like, like climbing the pole with just her thighs. Like, can't handle spring breakers side. though, huh? Well, no. This was actually watching someone. You got to go see it. In the this flesh. lady was training. Like, there, one of her regulars was sitting at the table watching her, so kind of in awe. You are exploiting. And he said, "He's like." Hey. She, she's training for this big competition at the end of the month, and mm. she was. That was the most inspiring thing about her. Is like. The, you go around to the other tables, the girls are all like flapping their parts and guys' faces, trying to get them to put money in their strings and all that good stuff. This lady was not working the crowd that way. She was like on a fucking mission to destroy that pole. And she did. And you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that came across the way you were thinking it would. Oh, I think it's fine. I think you're sick mind. See, but she worked up an appetite and hamburger stands not across the street anymore. But I like to think that she has more of an athlete's regimen. She's probably she's probably on the I soil. I bet you do. I bet she's you that's on the That's how you justify that experience for yourself. I, no, I don't need to justify it because I was very impressed with her. I know. And for me, going you, to you a place a nice like that tip? is not like a very sexual experience. No, it's more of what like a, your studying culture. It yes, it feels more like sociological I, experience. I try and go in there with and... with the with the lens, through the lens of an anthropologist. Uh, do you? Yeah, yeah. Is what I do. Yes. Just saying. And out of that, you produced That's, the that, seminal work called... A, <laughs> there is a great book uh, called The Naked Ape that I recommend that you read. Another seminal work. The Naked it's Ape? It's by Desmond Morris. It's, it's, it, he looks at humanity through the eyes of a zoologist. He like what was the writes bag- about us as an animal. And there it's was, fascinating. The, uh, I need to look it up. I want to read the Bagney book. Oh, evolving, evolving ourselves? Evolving. Something about how we're out. Yeah, we're trying to outpace evolution. Yeah. I'm not sure we came up with the winner on Kentucky Hut. That's I don't know right. if I really care about this article. Anyway. Those, those fuckers are crazy. I do wish that he... So he's inspired by Uber more than Whole Foods, right? That's what he's saying in the big middle finger of... Yeah. These fuckers. God. What, what, he, what he's missing is that... But like, screw this! Uber the, Uber isn't just about ease and convenience. It's about, like, kind of a cultivated experience. It's not just like, oh, it's easier, it's better. You know what it's about? Decentralizing power. You don't want a power in any one place. Like, what? if I need to get in a car and drive somewhere, I gotta get a cab. A yellow cab. The way... How is it... If you have Uber and Lyft, that's more decentralized than having six different yeah. cab companies. You need more decentralization. No, that's more centralized. If it's just two fucking ride-sharing services and then but you have like the mal- seven or eight cab companies in any given city, how is that? That's actually more centralized. But this is people. These are, these are people using their own vehicles. Yeah, no, I get that. But yeah. you can get a ride faster. I, I, think you might, I think you're right. Ultimately, it is more centralized. But there's like an egalitarian streak to it. It's the false promise of this disruptive millennial mind. Oh, yeah, we're going to break that system and make a better one. Like, oh, no, you just made a different one. Yeah, I mean, there's better things about it and worse things about it. Harder to regulate. Uh, and uh, with this food shit, I don't, I don't necessarily see the connection. But no, he's uh, he's inspired by Uber. 
And I'm like, quit, no. But it's, he's drawing inspiration, I think, from the wrong aspect of Uber. That, that he has too. a very He has a very narrow, childish view of what Uber is. Creed. He's like, oh, people just want easier. They don't care if it's better. But actually, Uber is better and easier. That's why it works. It's both those things. Right. It's like more convenient. It's faster. You don't have to like hail a cab. You don't have to, if you're in Denver, you don't have to stand around for 30 minutes looking for a cab, hoping the one you called will actually show up. It's easier and it's better. Dude, there's nothing worse than standing outside Shotgun Willys for 30 minutes waiting for a cab. It's true. It's am rough. I, am I right? Because you're preach, brush, preach. You got all those culture, those that that all those sociological insights are banging around in your head, and you just got to get home and write them down. Oh, I travel with a moleskin, my friend. <laughs> right. Killing me softly. Ooh, I'm screaming now. Dude, the, you are a mess. The more humanely a fish is killed, the better it tastes. This is for you. Yeah, but how is this news? People have known this forever. You know, you... With mammals. You do not give... Oh, geez. You know what? One, like, little quip based on something Kurt Cobain wrote in a song, and all of a sudden, I don't give a shit about fish. Very insightful, that that quip. Right, but what is it? Put them in the aqua tank. They don't need any fake toys or vegetation. (laughs) Just let them swim around there. They're dumb as shit. No. My true feeling... I mean, look at my beta. I've got a beta in the other room. Every... I, I clean his, his bowl out quite frequently, and I'll put a new action figure assortment in there each time. Right now, he's got oh he's got a vintage Ghostbusters Peter Venkman toy and a rubber shark, and he likes them. He, like, plays around. He, like, hides <laughs> under them, so clearly he's not an idiot. That's great. But this, uh, people knew this, this is, like, some Temple Grandin shit here. People knew that <laughs> animals killed under duress, like, the quality <laughs> of their meat new plummets. New action figure. Oh, we can just move on. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> okay. Uh, you hit a fish on the head and kill it quickly. That's better than starving it for air and it like tastes better and keeps some omega threes. Blah blah blah. I did. Did you? I heard another story though. Night milk. Did you hear this? I think night, I heard it on NPR. Night milk. The theory being that, oh, that warm glass of milk at night helps people go to sleep. Why? And who who is? <laughs> Is it 1950? Who lives in a Norman Rockwell painting and still drinks warm milk when they can't sleep? NPR. Classic. <laughs> so, somebody began to do the, uh, the the science here, and they studied, like, milk pulled daytime, milk pulled nighttime, and they found that at night, that milk had a much higher con- melatonin content. And therefore, maybe it actually is inducing sleep. So See, I'm just thinking, not only to- is it like... You got my grand theory here is lifestyle ag. You've got to like the lifestyle of the animal will now inform its nutrition delivery. How there's all this animal welfare. That's stuff. nothing like, new. No, I know it's like treating, Whole Foods has a rating system, so you can know like. But this is d- deeper. how many back massages you're. That's all about that treating them well, treat them well, treat them well, and then the, the beef will taste better. And blah, wait, blah. lifestyle then? What do you think? Yeah, deeper under the lifestyle. What What were this animal's hobbies? Day parting. You're gonna day part the farm. Rene Descartes? I don't know how to... <laughs> I need to, like, speak like... It has to be like this. <laughs> Dude, you are peeking out. Chill. You were... You, I could... You were fine. Like, you were... You were... You were... You, you were... Uh, Jesus. It's a tough one. Get, All right. Just, All right. Let's get a goddamn mic stand for you. What? <laughs> yeah, we need one. I can't handle this. Uh, inside the fiasco vortex. What? No. Ugh. Are you back to day parting milk? We can do that. No. Whatever you want, man. No. It's Happy fine. holidays. 
Was Chipotle too busy avoiding fake dangers of GMOs to focus on actual food safety? Oh, you, come on. Timothy B. Lee of Vox. If you, this was the shortest article on the thing. I, yeah. Did so you read it Chipotle or no? freaking out. Not so it. obsessed with so like making you. sure that they don't have GMOs in their products that they were turning a blind eye and actually just making sure the shit was clean, right? The, the entire article is pretty much this quote. Rather than pandering to groundless fears about GMO safety, Chipotle would have served its customers better by focusing on the very real dangers of food tainted with E. coli, norovirus, or salmonella. I, I bring this up because it was bitchy Vox at its best. Yeah. Classic, That's pretty much the whole article. Vox. The guy had an idea like, oh, maybe. They should quit preaching about GMOs and like quit giving people norovirus. Hmm. Publish. It's the power of the media, man. It's the power of Julia. The cult of Julia. Blues. Would you, this is my question though, would you eat there now? I don't, I didn't eat there much to begin with. Mm. I don't, not really my favorite. I would go there. I don't, I, it, I don't ever it's feel It's such like a rampant, it's such a rampant food safety issue that it does make you feel like, eh, I'll just go somewhere else for a while. Let them figure that out. It's yeah. so weird. That's why they call it the sprawling. fiasco vortex. Oh, that was that was theirs, not yours. That's a real thing. That might be a financial term. I don't know. The fiasco vortex. No, I, I, I don't ever really want to go to Chipotle. If I go there, it's because my wife or one of my kids wants to go there, and I'm always kind of like fighting it until the bitter end. And then I get something like, oh, yeah, it is pretty good. Where would you rather go? Uh... I don't see. I don't like noodles and company that much. Ugh. Most of them smell like uh, cafeteria rags. What most, especially of what? the one in Stapleton, the oh, noodles the no- and company in, in yeah. Stapleton smells like a cafeteria. I'm not a fan. I have to go a lot, but I'm not a fan. So I like going. I would go to the if we're in that area. I want to go to Edie's, the the Udi's restaurant. Hmm. I liked of, Udi's before. Now it's like a little bit more order sit down. Well, that one's like, not. That one's counter service. I think I do like the hummus plate. All right. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> a few pickles, a few little bits of live food. I just like that they they serve seasonal stuff there too. Like they'll have on the sandwich board like, oh, sweet potatoes. Squash. As more Israelis go vegan, their military adjusts its menu, vegan terminators. What what do you want there? Arnold. No. Oh, it's the menu. <laughs> what are you a little vegan? Don't eat meat. Uh, eat yeah. the meat. I'm just not feeling this. Do it now. Either. There's some cool stuff. So there's a there was a soldier. So there's compulsory military service in Israel. Yes. He was a vegan. He was like, I. You're can't. gonna make me serve. You can't make me eat meat. You can make me serve, but you can't make me. Right. Eat the pig. Eat the cow. Right. Eat the chicken. Eat the friendly fish. So he spoke, eat the quail. he spoke out and was like, I need more hummus. I need some soy milk. Eat the but, lamb. Uh, oh, lamb. Hummus, soy milk for breakfast, quinoa, lunch, avocado for his sandwiches. And, uh, you know, it seemed like it was working. Working for who? The, uh, the military industrial complex responded. Oh, they're like, this saves money. No, well, they wanted to take care of him. Oh. They support the vegans and vegetarians. Well, if, if you have to serve, they Do- should... They should Work a little. I think it's 5% of soldiers are, yeah, 5%. But I was, if you're a vegan Israeli soldier, you know what? You get a wool-free beret. Leather-free boots. (laughs) At first I thought this said feather-free boots. I was like, oh, no down. No down in your cozy boots, huh? No, uh, no sparkle. That's just fascinating. You're not, all right. No, it is. 
uh, does like uh, this is I found interesting. I've never heard of the the radical two six nine movement. I'm looking at this now. And Gary Urofsky, who's there seemed to be uh, they were point poking holes in the oh you really care about you're a vegan right but yet you're fighting in a war mm. with your humans. Quote from Gary: I don't care about Jews or Palestinians or their stupid childish battle over a piece of godforsaken land in the desert. I care about animals. That's a pretty typical vegan stance, though. Like, <laughs> pretty divisive. But like, pretty confrontational. People are annoying and can't get their shit together. It's kind of bullshit that we're mean to animals. Like, uh, yeah. You know, why, why are animals made to suffer because we're pricks? Right. We're pricks anyway. Go have your little prick fight. Yeah. Prick your fight. Your little sword fight. All right. We got to call it. Call it? I got to go get the kids. Oh. It's like 2.30. 234. One more. Well, we, got, we got one more. They're off. I need to leave in like a minute. Oh, we right. got to wind. <laughs> we have Good to one. stop. Oh, I see. You've got all sorts of graphics in here, too. There's two more. See, this oh, is eight yeah. articles. It's starting to feel like a college course here. Over the holidays, I'll have time to read more articles, too. This is partially just my response to not getting through all of them. No, I read most of them.